All right, there's a sign. We are live. I am live. I'm recording a brand new Los Angeles Ram. Thank you. This is the very first time I'm revealing this hat. And I think it's a special occasion because of who I'm going to be talking with. The one and only, what do we call you? The gangster blockchain or something like that? <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you call me. Is what it is, my man. Whatever you call me, Jeremy Epstein. That's that's what he's really called. But he is Mr. Block. At least for me, he is Mr. Blockchain Tech, especially like marketing blockchain and, and engagement blockchain. And you know, he writes about it all the time. He lives it. He drinks it. He sleeps it. He eats it. How you doing, man? And what, what exactly are you doing right now? <laughs> uh, so I'm doing great. It's anytime I get to speak to Brent Leary is a good day. So I'm grateful for that opportunity. Um, I am, there's a beautiful park outside my house, uh, sorry, across the street from my house. And every day I try to take you know, a 60, 90 minute walk, uh, in the forest, uh, it gets my heart rate up, um, allows me to focus entirely on the phone conversations that I have because I put one in my pocket usually and I just get to engage. I'm in, I read this whole thing about forest therapy and how it's good for your soul. So that helps. So just, uh, you know, trying to integrate, you know, I don't like the work life balance. I like the integrated work life ideas. There it is. You just like being a little different. You know, let's face it. It is okay with me. Well, that is the essence. That is the essence of marketing, is it not? There it is. And I, I especially like the mountain man look you got going now, too. Uh-oh. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to cultivate like the Thoreau look. Like, oh, oh yeah. Wow. Deep it's, philosophical pondering. Yeah. During the Walden period? Yeah. <laughs> A, a little bit, yeah, not too crazy, but just enough edgy that he's like, yeah, he must know what he's talking about because he's out in the woods and he's got a beard. <laughs> there you go. That's all you need. Out in the woods with a beard. That's all, all right. you need. People just need. And some sweet headphones, too, by the way. All right. So, uh, hey, I, you're my go-to. great headphones. Yeah, they are. But you are my go-to person when it comes to blockchain. And you, you spoke at the last couple of CRM Evolution events. I, you know, Thanks for doing that. And every time that you come to speak to that event, people always leave that session like, what the hell did he just, he just dropped something heavy on me. I don't know exactly all that it is. It's going to take me a while to bring it all in. But uh, that's you because you, you come with a lot of stuff around. With you. So it's the, you know, getting ready to go into the last quarter of 2019, heading into 2020. Give me like a high level overview synopsis of, where and particularly where like the enterprise and you know the tech enterprise where are they in terms of blockchain adoption is this early days have we even begun the game yet just tell me where we are with it okay well i'll put this in uh, terms that i know you can understand uh we are we are well past kickoff and we are into the first quarter um i would say that we've got you know, there's a few points on the board, no major touchdowns, a couple field goals maybe. Um, but the way I would substantiate that claim is as follows. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, we conducted uh, what we call our Blockchain Marketing Immersion Day for OMD, one of the, as I'm sure you know, one of the world's leading agencies. We had, you know, the entire C-suite there, top-level strategy, account planners, probably, you know, 75 people in the room for a full day. 
And we helped them understand, or we just shared our knowledge about what we see happening in the integrate or the inter the intersection of blockchain technology with the marketing function. Um, on top of that, we had you know seven curated uh, and handpicked vendors who are sort of the leaders in the space. And what was really interesting to me is at the very beginning of the day, um, our client sponsor there surveyed his colleagues and he said, how many of you have either had a conversation with your clients or have had a conversation that your clients initiated about how to potentially use blockchain technology to reduce ask, ad fraud, increase transparency, improve billing reconciliation, improve loyalty, all types of things like that. Wow. I would say that, you know, maybe 10 to 15% of the room put their hands up. Now, you could say that's not a lot, but I would say that two years ago, the answer would have been zero. And wow. so the most important thing I would say is we're seeing validation on the demand side from agencies, from brands. We're talking with multiple, you know, innovation marketing leads at, you know, top 50, top 100 uh, brands about how to use these technologies. And we're trying to advise and help them understand the market. Because the second part of this story is the explosion of vendor offerings on the supply side. We have this thing which we, you know, borrowed liberally from our mutual friend, Scott Brinker, uh, called the Blockchain MarTech Landscape. And that um, landscape, we started tracking uh, all the vendors in the space. Two and a half years ago, or three years ago, when we did the first one, there were 22. We just released version four this month. There are 415. Wow. And so... The vendor space is exploding as people start to say, wait a second, you know, how do we use this distributed technology? How do we use cryptographic tokens? How do we use all these new capabilities to improve the operational efficiency, the transparency, the trust, most importantly, of the marketing function? And so, you well, know, two, yeah. three years ago when I started, sorry, yeah, go ahead, man. Sorry, I get carried away. You know me. Sorry. But no, this is good. So it went from like 20 something to over 400. Uh, what are the major, is it mostly driven by marketing uh, tech, blockchain tech, or are there other categories that folks are uh, getting in on? Yeah, great question. So we, we, we copied, um, for the most part, we copied the, the Brinker uh, landscape. We've since added a few that are unique only to blockchain. The, the, the biggest categories are not surprisingly like programmatic advertising, things like that. I mean, because you don't have to be an expert in advertising to know just how screwed up that ecosystem is. And it has, you know, blockchain written all over it. So that's sort of where the heaviest concentration is. But if you look at the landscape, you'll see that it's really covering a lot of parts, uh, you know, nicely. And it's just been very exciting to literally watch this industry sort of get born and start to mature. All right. So it's really so it sounds like like you said, we're what are we like into the first quarter, moving into the second quarter? Is that where we are with this? Yeah, I would say we're in the first quarter because the other part is we the third part of this sort of triad, if you will, is the pilot and the case studies. So for example, there's one company called Lucidity. I should disclose I'm an advisor to Lucidity, so 
uh, keep that in mind. But they did a uh, A/B test with Toyota, where it was for a campaign designed to drive, you know, test drives. And the the A team had all the traditional infrastructure, everything they were doing normally, what have you. The B team used. They weren't the B team in the like they're less good. They were just the second team. Um, <clears throat> they used Lucidity to basically simplify the back end process. When all was said and done, you know, the reconciliation, the insurance, uh, the assurance that the ads were being delivered where they had been purchased, all that kind of stuff. When all was said and done, they had a 21% improvement in business outcome, not in click-throughs, in business outcome. Wow. And so, and we've seen a bunch of those from people like Amino and other players who are now, you know, really starting to get some traction and demonstrate the value of the solution. So increased interest on the buy side, increased supply on the vendor side, most importantly, actual true measurements of value delivered in the pilot and initial implementation phases. Still early, we're probably, you know, one or two drives into the game, but, you know, I I can see just from the people in the room and the conversations that we've had, more and more people uh, are taking this stuff seriously, which, you know, it's going to be great for for a lot of people. So it's good to see that. All right. So you know where I want to go next and dig in what area I want to dig into here. All right. So I think Bring I do like 17 or 18 uh, CRM industry events this year, you know, from <laughs> mostly the big vendors. You know, we got the Salesforce, right. Microsoft, Oracle, you know, you name it, Pega, Genesis, there's a whole bunch. All right. So uh, right. last year, didn't see that much discussion from the CRM vendors about blockchain. This year, I'm seeing it. You know, Salesforce did a real big uh, rollout in terms of you know blockchain, CRM, and they had a, a use case with uh, higher education uh, about being right. able to leverage centralized data from you know these participating colleges and universities. Because let's face it, there are people, there are students that take courses and classes at multiple colleges. And it's kind of hard to see their, you know, their total transcript because it's hard to get them from here and there and other year. So they kind of roll out this huge case of you know, being able to have a, a agreed upon common universal transcript that these colleges and universities have participated and bought into. And then Salesforce being able to uh, provide a, a tool that leverage that centralized data and marries it with what they have on the CRM side. So you're starting to see these use cases of uh, CRM data being leveraged alongside of centralized blockchain data that, and it's basically use cases that are industry driven. All right, that's like the one use case that I've seen across the board. But when I talk to you and when you talk to CRM Evolution, that's not the CRM blockchain scenario that you're focused on. All right, so I just set the stage that for is- Let me get out of the way and let you talk about what your vision is for CRM and blockchain. Right. I, I'm either like a total visionary or a total like idiot who should be put away into an asylum. So we'll, we'll find out in a few years. Um, you know, look, the, the stuff that all those guys are doing, it's nice. It's the kind of thing that will make data, you know, 
cleanliness less of an issue because, you know, as a former CMO, I'm very familiar with those issues. And that's fine. That's great. It'll make op marketing operations more efficient. But I don't think there's going to be that's not where the innovation is coming from. So as long as you have a centralized database, it's not really that's under the control of anybody or even a small group of people. It's not really a blockchain. Like I'm a purist in the sense that, you know, there's distributed ledger technology, which will help all these colleges and universities. But a blockchain requires a native cryptographic uh, you know, digital asset to pay for the services that the network provides. Now, in order to do that, by definition, for it to be a value, it has to be outside the control of anyone else. And so these data stores have to be decentralized. The future that I see when it comes to CRM, and it could be like 20 years away, I have no idea. The future that I see is going to be one where people have their identities stored on a decentralized blockchain. It's under their control. And then they can give access permission, which can be revoked at any point, to other entities that might want to, you know, pay for it, rent it. And, like, I think in that world, CRM will not be about who has the most data in their data store. It's who can take advantage of the data that's available, who can analyze the behavior of these anonymous wallets, you know, and these transactions in order to deliver value without knowing anything about the actual person aside from just that information. Because the fundamental premise of CRM companies is we need as much data as we possibly can get. The fundamental premise of decentralized networks is we don't want any of your data and we make it impossible to take it. And those are two entirely different worldviews. And I think, and maybe this is wishful thinking on my part, but I think there's a slowly grow, growing zeitgeist that people are very, uh, are becoming increasingly, pun intended, leery of trading their data for kind of quote unquote free services. And some people are starting to make the transition for a uh, trade-off of privacy instead of convenience. Now, it's early and most people are not willing to do that. But as decentralized networks become faster, better usability, people will start making those choices in large numbers. And then existing companies will be faced with a challenge of having decreasing data about their customers. Now, there'll always be some, but I think the, the future of CRM is about understanding how to deliver value without the need for capturing, storing, and oh, by the way, making exceedingly vulnerable to hack, theft, abuse, and misuse, you know, the, the limited data that's available on public networks. So again, could be wishful thinking, but right now, given, you know, Facebook and Cambridge Analytica and all that stuff, um, I, I wonder, and GDPR and all that stuff, I just wonder if people are starting to question the trade-off. Right now, there's no real viable alternative, but when that day comes, and I do believe it will come, um, I think you'll start to see, and we're already starting to see crypto-native CRM uh, platforms get sort of architected, not quite built, 
it's early, but I think you'll see that happen. So I could be wishful thinking. I could be a dreamer. You know, maybe the forest there is like getting me high or something, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, either that or being a Redskins fan. I don't know. Something like doing that. But all right, so let me ask you this. It has to be coming from, to me, if I'm a CRM vendor, the uh, value prop is, is kind of hard to see from a traditional uh, CRM vendor. So you're thinking that. Uh, it's probably going to be somebody coming from out of nowhere who doesn't already have it or uh, CRM information. Yep. Both of these vendors, because it's once you've got the data, it's kind of hard to let it go. It's kind of hard to say, all right, we've got it, we worked hard, we, we we did everything we needed to, do. we got people in, our customers got people into their databases. Now we're going to basically, you know, change our whole underpinning to allow users. Who are you know are in our, our data breaches basically allow them to say you know when they don't want us to access the information when when they take back the information and that is a big a, a big paradigm shift and I think it's gonna be really hard for vendors to go with. What do you think? Dude, I mean we've we've you and I have are old enough that we've seen this movie already. <laughs> you know, it's it's Barnes and Noble. It's versus Amazon. It's Blockbuster against Netflix. It's Craigslist against the classifieds. We have literally seen this movie many, many times. So you're right. Like, you know, Mark Benioff is a bajillion times smarter than I am and certainly a bajillion times richer than I am. But I think it's going to be just challenging. Absence, what, you know, if I were Mark Benioff, I would probably take some of my, you know, venture capital fund and go put it into like, into buying tokens in some of these crypto CRM networks. That's what I would do if I were him in order to hedge. Probably won't do it, and he doesn't really call me that often, so whatever. But absent that, I think it's going to be tough for them to change their paradigm. And, you know, you don't want to get so full of hubris that you just assume the world's going to continue because 20 years ago, he was the disruptor. And this is how it happens, man. Like we've we've seen this all in our own lifetime. We've seen this, let alone going back, you know, hundreds of years of innovation. So I, I think you nailed it, bro. What, so as usual, what are these CRM crypto networks? Who, who who should we be keeping an eye on? Who should Mark Benioff? Who should Larry Ellison? Who should all the major CRM players? Who, well, CRM players, not players. That's the important reason. <laughs> What should the vendors be looking at? Who should they be looking at right now? Keeping an eye on. Yeah, well, I mean, we actually started, a, I don't want to say me, but we did start a project uh, to do exactly that, which we call the DMO, Decentralized Marketing Organization. It's uh, a project that was funded by a decentralized autonomous organization, which basically is a collective of people around the world who uh you know, there's no hierarchy, but they voted to basically provide seed funding to this. So that's sort of one. Um, I just heard about one the other day, the name's escaping me, but you're starting to see because the need is there. The need is there. Um, so, you know, some of the things that like the team at Singularity Net is doing, a lot of these guys are building stuff in-house. You know, say if you go back, like, you know, I'm an ex-social media guy and you think about what happened at the beginning of social media well first people were just sort of managing it on their own natively they build their own tools and then the very first or earliest tools 
like, you know, tweet deck or whatever would come out. That's kind of where we are right now. So, you know, they're super small. I don't really know who you should keep an eye on right now because it's, it's like, you know, no one remembers tweet deck or all the, like what seismic or all these things that disappeared. But what they were is, you know, um, portents of what was going to come. And I think that's what they should be aware of. It's not that you should need to watch one or two companies because who knows, but the industry or the, the providing tools to decentralize networks to drive deeper and more really meaningful relationships with their network of stakeholders in the absence of anything but wallet and transaction history information, that's the, that's the thing they should be watching. All right. So uh, one last question, because I feel like, you know, you might pass out on it at some point. I'm, I'm this is bad. great, man. <laughs> hey, don't so, feel bad. Are you calling, are you calling me old? No, I, I can't because I'm older than you. So I, I ain't going to do that. Uh, but let me ask you. And better looking. That's up for debate. All right. So let's Fair go enough. Fair with uh, what industry do you see blockchain going in mainstream in first? Because I don't think we've gone completely mainstream yet. Is it going to be? No, for sure. Is it going to be something else or what? Well, that's a great question, but there are multiple answers. And it okay. depends on the sector. And the geography. So first of all, financial services is an obvious one, remittances, but it's not going to happen in the U.S. or any Western country. It's going to happen in South America, West Africa, Caribbean, places where there's been a demonstrated lack of confidence in their central bankers, in their governments. And when there's a huge expatriate community of people who are paying 18 percent to send money back to you know the Dominican Republic or whatever. Wow. So that's one use case that you know if you live in Atlanta, Georgia, you have no idea what it's like to wire money to Lagos, Nigeria, unless you're Nigerian. Wow. So I think in that respect, you're gonna see that, number one. Number two, <clears throat> excuse me, we're already starting to see the growth of something called decentralized finance, which is basically like co-op funding for startups there's already a billion dollars and keep in mind this is an industry that didn't exist last year there's already a billion dollars locked up in networks where people are loaning their money secured by smart contracts in the blockchain no bankers no brokerage nothing so bonds i mean you can earn 10 percent interest right now on dollar equivalent deposits if you do it in crypto and i've been doing that so there's that number two N number three not enough, but whatever. Number three is gaming. I think gaming is a big area because what gamers are, like they are already very technically savvy. They have a high tolerance for sort of new stuff and sort of buggy stuff. But what's also interesting is if you think about like Fortnite, $2 billion on Fortnite. But when you buy all those digital assets, when you quit the game, you lose them. Imagine being able to take them, resell them on the open market, trade them for something in like World of Warcraft or Call of Duty. Like how awesome would that be if you're a gamer? Well, that's possible. And so you look at like CryptoKitties and you look at Cheese Wizards, places like that. These are early, early games, but the ability to take your assets and not only take, make them portable, but use like a gun from Call of Duty in, you know, Gears of War if you want to. Like, you can do that. So I think gaming is another one. And then another one that I think is kind of a little bit of a dark horse is um, artificial intelligence. Because 
Right now, you know, AI is sort of the province of really, really big companies. You need huge data scientists. But imagine having an AI data marketplace that anyone who's like a small business person can say, oh, I need I would love to have an AI for this. You go in, make a request. Someone's built a little thing. You you rent it and they get ongoing residuals because their ownership is secured by the blockchain. And that's what Singularity Net provides. And then I say the last one, if I'm going crazy, um, is sort of this idea that I mentioned before of decentralized autonomous organizations. I mean, there's a building in Prague, for example, that's managed on the blockchain. You know, the, the whole governance and bylaws on the blockchain. It's people who just, they vote, they have, there's no, all that back office stuff. We're talking orders of magnitude cheaper. I call it decentralized ERP. It's orders of magnitude cheaper. So I think, again, depending on sort of your geography, your, your target, I think you'll start, you're already starting to see that. So um, it won't. And then, of course, the Bitcoin sort of global digital gold store of value thing in the face of this ongoing currency wars and quantitative easing, easing, which is just another code word for inflation. You know, you have more dollars in the marketplace. You still only have 21 million Bitcoin. You don't have to be a Ph.D. in economics to understand that an increase in supply of the dollars and a fixed amount of supply of Bitcoin will raise the price of Bitcoin. So, like, to me, that's just a no brainer and just a question of time on that. So rant over. Uh -huh.